The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Christy Scales, Aisha Morrison, Nicole Hutchison, and Jess Navarez. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys in the SWBC studio. I'm Nicole Hutchison, alongside Aisha Morrison, Jess Navarez, and Christy Scales. It's Victory Friday, y'all. It's Victory Friday. The Cowboys moving to 9-3 and three in the season after the big win over the Seattle Seahawks. It was not pretty. It was not easy. But the Cowboys, of course, coming in clutch and getting it done down the stretch. So many... A lot of people doubting this team, whether or not they can finally get a win over a team with a winning record, but they seem to get off to a good start of uh, getting that done. Christy, I first got to ask you this, though, because the Cowboys were trailing actually for the first time this season at home, um, 35-30 with under four, under five minutes to go. What was the atmosphere like? Because you were on the sidelines for that. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it was one of resolve, really, mm-hmm. on the sideline. And even though the defense had been – torched basically through the first three quarters and most of the fourth um you know they they stepped up and made the plays when they needed to with those three stops on the fourth down plays late in the game and you know there's never any finger pointing or anything like that and there's never any offense questioning the defense or vice versa you know like earlier in the the season when it was the offense that was struggling so yeah, it was really, I mean, they, they were tired, you know. I mean, three games in 12 days is a, is a lot, physically yeah. and mentally. But when they needed to, they rose up. And that, I tell you, that did not feel like a football game. That was more like a ping-pong match. It was there and <laughs> yeah. there and there and there. And the only interruptions were the yellow flags, you know. Oh, but not um, a lot of interruptions, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was a lot. But, um, there was 19 interruptions, if you want to get specific. Yeah, mm-hmm. crazy. Well, and technically total. 28 yeah. total. But some, of course, some yeah. of those were negated. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but yeah, it was it was one of resolving uh, confidence for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, what was interesting is to see how well the Seahawks fans traveled to this game. We were just talking about that, and um, you could hear them doing their little Seahawks chant after that field goal. Uh, I, I want to say it was third quarter. Oh, I really heard well, it. Well, they were doing it in the first quarter after, See, after that DK Metcalf uh, score. I didn't hear it at oh, that yeah. point. At that point, I was typing away on the computer. But in third quarter, I was like, what? Oh, yeah. What is going on in here? But what I did love um, <laughs> what I did love is to see the resilience from this team. And we talked about that word so much last season. What really gives me hope going forward for the stretch of the schedule that's coming up is that's a common reoccurring thing. We usually talk about that uh, in terms of negative things, like the run defense or the mm-hmm. penalties that we've been talking about last season. The resilience is still there as well. And so that fight, sure. bend, but never break mentality from this team is, again, just going back to the culture that they've really adopted in the locker room with the coaching staff. And um, I, I think this game was definitely a showing of what we had talked about, that the Seahawks were going to throw it all at you. No, you're absolutely you were ha- right. Yep. You had to be ready for it. And look, I'm glad they had a game like this. Mm-hmm. It showed them a lot about themselves. And if there's one thing I do know about this group and this team is that they're going to take all these lessons in the next 10 days 
and they're going to use it and utilize it going forward for next Sunday against the Eagles. Yeah, your, your team grew up a lot, I mm -hmm. felt like, this game. And when you look at – I mean, you just mentioned it, Just They have a lot they can learn from this game. Uh, Micah said in the locker room uh, that – Seattle throughout some unscouted looks to mm -hmm. them. Shout out to mm -hmm. shout out to Jess talking about that, and you could feel their urgency. And but also to I, I got to give a lot of credit to uh, Pete Carroll and those gentlemen over mm -hmm. there because that game plan, yep. the way that they came out and really just went at it, the aggressiveness. Geno Smith, one of the biggest gripes on him this season has been him holding the ball long. That offensive line played pretty well for them, so definitely have to give credit to them and what they did. But as far as this Cowboys team, uh, this is the best game of the season to me. Uh, all the way around just because of the way that they were tested and the different ways that they were tested and how they had to respond. I think there's so much teach tape to take from this game, especially in the secondary um, where there was some miscommunication. There was some things going on back there. We saw um, Dan Quinn in the second half decide to let Stefan uh, Gilmore travel with mm -hmm. DK. They, they found out some things about themselves and they adjusted on the fly. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to be important moving forward. And I'm starting to get to this point where I – have this belief that in the fourth quarter this team will deliver. They'll figure some things out, especially defensively. I mean, to have three, to end the game on uh, three uh, turnovers on yeah. downs and just to be that that firm and like, nah, we're, we're, this is it. We're trying mm -hmm. to go ahead and end this game. You mentioned it. There is a lot of faith, it sounds like, on the sideline between the defense and the offense right. and special teams to where they believe, hey, we know you're going to get a stop. We know we know that Dak Prescott's going to go out and score. And so a lot of good things to take from this game. Some things that this team's going to be – there's good things to take away from it that technically was negative that they can use later on in the season. Mm -hmm. Some of the close call situations, some of the in-game, um, yeah. you know timing situations and stuff that's going to come in handy oh, moving yeah. forward so yeah. i'm um very positive on this game despite some of the negatives and we'll hopefully work from there and i just think the penalties are what they are at this point i don't even know what to say i think we talk about <laughs> how teams play the cowboys like it's their super bowl and this oh. was like the perfect going back to what jess said this was like the perfect example of that this team the seahawks had only three offensive touchdowns in the last four games. Came in 0-2. Geno Smith played lights out. Uh, it was it, kind of shocking. Uh, being mobile, he had an offensive line that played very well. Uh, but I think this Cowboys team, like y'all all said, they showed a lot of resilience. Um, but this offense putting up 411 yards of offense. Uh, it seems like these guys are clicking at the right time. Dak Prescott course getting guys involved again eight different guys involved Christy um, I'll start with you what are you liking about this offense and the way that they're clicking so far right now at this point in the season I like that it's still Dak taking shots down the field mm -hmm. the, really the last month and a half of the season yeah. and um, when he's really been on this role and there was a lot of traffic around him and mm -hmm. he was under duress early but then I thought it was a little bit better but oh, he he um yeah. He just had an, another incredible game. And um, I'm still hoping that Michael Gallup will be utilized more or sh show yeah. up more. Yeah. But the rest of the receiving core and Jake Ferguson, um, ooh, ooh. what he's doing, um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's becoming he's becoming the reliable guy like Dalton Schultz had been for uh, Dak Prescott. But I th thought it was interesting when I talked earlier, and we all mentioned the resolve and the resilience. Mm -hmm. It was interesting because you could tell that the offense knew that they – that they had it mm, yeah. yeah. because the way that Mike McCarthy, some of the decisions now, mm. yeah. oh my goodness. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. The, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 
decision on whether to go for two or whether whether to go, go for it on four, fourth down four. instead of kicking the field goal. Because mm-hmm. we're like on Cowboys radio, we're like, whoa, if this doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, we yeah. probably would have gone the other way. <clears throat> but, um, you know, he had in his mind what he wanted to do and the faith that we were going to, you know, get the ball back and on offense. So I thought it was really interesting. So, yeah. And kind of, kind of piggybacking off of that, um, this, oh my goodness, the Seahawks played a lot of zone, so it made Dak really have to be precise on his throws. And you saw a couple of overthrows by Aisha. As far as later in the game, he was pretty precise. Uh, what, what did you like about the way that you know really Dak kind of? Um, adjusted. Oh no! I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned the uh, the zone that they were playing because mm-hmm. I feel like it made a difference in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And this Seahawks, like, don't get it twisted. We talked about this. They got some players. They really their do. Their DBs, yeah. are, they really do. Yeah. And yeah. those DBs um, really didn't make it easy for these Dallas receivers early mm-hmm. on. Um, like how the Cowboys still found ways to get it done, but specifically in the red zone. One things, one thing about Seattle's defense, they have mm-hmm. a lot of length. Yeah. They have a crap ton of length. And when you talk about how small the red zone is, they're able to take up a lot of space. And so I felt like down there in the red zone, they had to figure some things out. I would have liked to seen the run game be a little bit more efficient down there because when a team is playing zone like that, guess what? That means that they're, they don't have as many people in the box typically. Mm-hmm. So we should be able to take advantage of those opportunities. They weren't able to. Another thing, again, an improvement they're going to have to make. And also try to figure out some zone beaters for the red zone. Mm -hmm. I think they have plenty of man beaters. Plenty. But that, moving forward, is important to me. They were 4 of 8 yesterday. I'm not going to sit up here and just whine about it because they were just consistently going down there and making something happen. But I believe they had a drive within the two. Was it the two? Yes. Yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. (laughs) You know, exactly. what I'm saying? like seriously, yeah. you you yeah. should be able yeah. to punch it in there. Right. That offensive line was playing well there, so some of the decision making, to your point, yeah. could have been a little bit better. And I know a lot of people was like, well, with the pass, you know, in the last minute and a half of the game, where you're giving Seattle the opportunity to first yeah. down, drains that clock, and it's done for the most part. So again, things to learn from. As far as the quarterback, he's playing at a super. Man super high level yeah. he understands his protection he understands um where the pressure is coming from he's able to evade it again using his legs but he he took a lot of hits early in he that did. game mm-hmm. that was and, a, such a physical game and yeah. i was looking at him i was looking at him on the sideline and i was thinking to myself i saw how dirty his jersey was <laughs> i said oh they didn't did it now because <laughs> it Listen, Dak, when he yeah. can, it's something about when he gets hit in the mouth. It's it's just something like wakes up in him. And he's always had that. But when he had that little, um, that run to the outside with uh, Tolbert running behind Tolbert, that RPO, mm-hmm. and he kind of flexed on, oh, dude, I said, yep. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what and Dak, Dak, Dak doesn't really do that. He so, so when when yeah. and it was it was Reek Woolen, yeah. the cornerback. Yeah, Tariq, and yeah. Uh, um, man, that was like I I had the exact same reaction. I'm like, it's on. And it's, it's the same on. thing with it's Jake on. Ferguson when Jamal Adams got in his face. Oh yeah. And then Jake Ferguson late in the game gets the boy. Yeah, you I'm gonna go ahead and give it boy? to Jess because the way that he bounced back. Because I got you already know. As soon as I went to the locker room, I was asking all about it. I was like, what was going on? And it does come down to Seattle was playing physical. And and the thing is, from the guys I talked to last night, they knew that. They knew going into it with their scouting report that this was going to be a physical game. However, 
it just there were some moments where it was like oh my yeah. goodness well, what you, is going you call, on you call it playing through the whistle oh. through the echo of the whistle it was that was intense <laughs> but what i did appreciate from from this game and i I like that these guys play smart football because it's high emotions. When guys are hitting you hard and they're swinging and they're being physical, it does take that discipline to know when to step back and know when to not get another penalty thrown on you for unsportsmanlike conduct or or personal foul or anything of that nature. So what I really like about this team is it shows the discipline that they're able to play with through these physical games that are testing them. And they're going to need that against Philadelphia next week because Philly is going to be very testy for this team and so um talking to some of the guys in the locker room i was asking like what happened at this point and what happened at this point mm-hmm. and they said they they wanted the smoke mm-hmm. they got yeah. the smoke <laughs> and something that i really appreciate every single time um shout out to tyler biotish because he was yeah. ready to fight for his guy he jake sure ferguson was. and i talked to him after the game i was like what's going on and he's like i was making sure jake was okay i saw him hit his head i was making sure he was good and he's like Nah, you don't touch Fergie like that. And and just the way they rally together, even in those moments, you're talking about Dak getting a little chirpy, they all follow Dak's lead. Yes. And they all have that same mentality. When they know it's time to turn it up like that, yeah. everybody follows suit. And I think the perfect example of that was Jake Ferguson getting in that mindset. Saw Tyler Biotish doing it on the other side uh, as well. And so it's so interesting just to see how far this team has come in terms of being disciplined and smart Mm -hmm. football players even when it's getting physical and chirpy on the other side as well you said physical and it's crazy because right uh, on the screen over there i can't see it obviously who's listening but they showed one of the seattle seattle seahawks players getting a massage in the tent (laughs) so you can tell i mean that that game was physical um and definitely going to be a wear on the body uh if you had to choose we'll break down this offense in the next break and defense in the last but if you had to choose a player that stood out to you the most in Thursday night's game, who would it be? It was Jake Ferguson for me. Hmm. He is he's arrived and his I feel like his attitude it, it made a difference mm-hmm. yesterday. It did. Like like you said, we ain't seen Dak get in like nobody's face like that. I haven't seen him get in his face like that. Yeah. But his just his demeanor and his attitude and if you go look at him in blocking, yeah. chipping, I mean it carries over. And I feel like when you have a tight end that adding a tight end that can kinda do it all to your offense, it takes it up another notch. Like this is starting to become mm-hmm. where he's a regular guy and he's dependable. I mean, uh, six six receptions on eight targets. Um, has he averaged twelve point eight yards a, a catch? Mm-hmm. I mean, like this is crazy. This is this is efficient football and he's helping yeah. out in big spots. But you know how I know Jake Ferguson must be showing something on film. Because look at how the Seattle defenders was roughing yeah. him up. Yeah. They were trying yeah. to out-physical him. Yeah. They were trying to. Mr. Race Mask. They were trying to take him out. Mr. Race Mask. Yeah. But they were trying to let him. They. It was an effort. To, yeah. to make him make him understand that they were going mm-hmm. at him and he never backed down. I feel like he got better yesterday. I feel yeah. like he's he's really coming along and what he could do for this offense moving forward is going to be um, it's going to be very helpful down the stretch. And to your point, Jess, Dak said on the uh, interview post game, he said this brotherhood is strong mm-hmm. and he said it with such confidence and, and conviction and you can see that on the field. Yeah. So that's my guy, Ferg. He stood out to me. All right, you got to stay with me for this one, all right? (laughs) You got to stay with me for it. Deron Bland. I was going to go there. 
throwing blame. And here's the thing. In the first half, I wanted to make sure I got this right. Yep. He allowed five receptions for 137 mm -hmm. yards alone in the first half. He was targeted six times during that time. He also allowed that 73-yarder to DK Metcalf that just said, yeah. hey, Seahawks are here. <laughs> Uh, and then he was responsible for a massive DPI call, which then again allowed Seattle mm -hmm. to make that uh, touchdown right before the half. Okay. Sounds horrible, right? Yep. So, Jess, why is he standing out to you? Well, look at the resilience mm -hmm. that he showed. For a young second-year player to not let that kind of first half determine the rest of his game, and he kept going at it knowing they were targeting him. They, uh, Geno Smith said... I'm going to pick on the weaker guy here. Yeah. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to bully you. You know what he did? He bullied the bully right back. Yeah. And he said, resilience. And what was so cool is to hear him talk after the game about how it it wasn't anything but him just trying to play at that point. It didn't waver his confidence. It didn't waver what he was thinking. He just wanted to continue to keep playing and get better from the first half that he had. Yeah. And guess what he did? He got the only interception, the only takeaway in that game for the defense, which was a momentum shift. Mm -hmm. Offense didn't score after that. Yeah. But it did allow for Seattle to not put more points on the board, which would have come back to bite had mm -hmm. they not scored. Um, had the Cowboys not scored back at the end of the game at that point. But point is, Deron Bland, I'm, I'm appalled at some of the things I was saying about him last night because you're talking about a guy who already broke an NFL record Still five more games to play. Talking about a, a second-year player who is able to continue to hold that kind of confidence after that kind of first half. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really? There's this yeah. odd need to humble. It's There's mm -hmm. this odd need I've seen with sports fans alike is that it's you need you have to humble this player or this player oh. needs to be humbled oh yeah and yeah. and so with the a lot of the comments with deron bland they're like oh well there it is now and it's like do y'all not understand what db means and, right. and yeah. what it what mm -hmm. it calls for it's the nature of the position yeah. also to dk metcalf is arguably not, had, awesome he might have had the best game of his season number and one he's a big guy yeah. oh. did we forget the size yeah. difference and, there yeah, faster and, yes. way faster and too to, and to add on to what you said mike, Mc, mike mccarthy micah said something really good after the game again he said this matt like their wide receiver core it's similar to the eagles mm -hmm. so this is good opportunity for them to get practice but also too to add on to your part about deron bland to stay confident when coach comes to you at the half and says hey we're going to let Stefan travel with him. And to still, you know, that takes a lot of yeah. getting your ego out the way and having the mental fortitude to go play on a side. He's not accustomed to playing on the other side mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So it also, to me, shows, again, what you're saying about him is his resilience and his ability to be coachable and to stay in, and to stay locked in. I really I really think we still got us a heck of a player. He's and mature. I'm glad yeah. he's, and that he's was, so mature. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. and, and uh, the coachable, I'm glad that you used that word because, to me, that was the best moment last night was after on the sideline after Deron Bland got that interception and he came to the side of course well he went with his teammates and they go to the back of the end zone and pose for the photos mm -hmm. and stuff of course but by the time he's headed back up the sideline towards the bench area <clears throat> excuse me and Al Harris is there the DB's coach to hug him and it was just a little bit longer mm. Longer, stronger hug yeah. than just the normal quick bro hug, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, because you knew that, to your point, he was talking to him at halftime probably, and so I, th that's what really stood out to me. 
Yeah, what an adjustment though. Mm, I thought yeah. it was a, I thought it was a heck of an adjustment um, to put Stephon Gilmore on him, mm-hmm. and that's just another thing that you know you look at. And I do think that this secondary has to figure some things out, um, especially from the safety position. I've they uh, to your point on that touchdown that DK had to. Yeah. I mean Donovan was there too. It was some it yeah. was some some things going on from the safety position. So I feel like they can like I said, there's a lot they can learn from this game, especially this secondary. Who I don't know if they've been have they been tested like that yet. I, you, I don't mm, think no, but no. It, it was kind of nice. To see, but like Jordan Lewis stepping up oh, there in the fourth yeah. quarter Man. with some big Jackson big Smith PBUs. And yeah, played some yes. balls. he really did. He might have. That was his yeah. very impressive. I'm tired of being people's coming out party. Shoot. Now that looked like the guy though. He looked like the guy I in the draft, the say. route runner, the the playmaker, but Jordan Lewis, those those two PBUs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said there's Velcro, that's what they used to call him in college. Yeah. Velcro. I said there's Velcro and he he came to play too. So we got some good play from your nickel corner as well uh, to finish that game. Yeah, we got some good play from a lot of guys. We're going to take our first break. You're watching Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola a journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. AT&T Stadium on Saturday, December 9th to experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Take a tour of AT&T Stadium, get autographs from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and alumni, play games, head out to the Miller Lite house, and play on the field. Don't forget to get your photo with Santa and Mrs. Claus as well. Visit attstadiumcom slash rallydays for tickets and more information. All right. Get your photo with Santa. Wasn't a picture perfect game oh yesterday. Wow. Where she but goes. the Dallas Cowboys get it done. Oh 41 it's 35. a Friday, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jazzy. Nicole, you know I will always hype up your Right? Friends. Come I got on. You, sis. Got you. <sighs> Cowboys offense, man. On a roll. Uh, another 40 point game at AT&T Stadium to extend their home winning streak to 14 wins. But Dak Prescott, we touched on him a little bit in the first. Uh, segment, but we, we've got to touch on this man, right? He's 299 yards, three touchdowns, another game uh, where he threw for more than three-plus three touchdowns game. Um, but really, I think that it's finally come together for him. I feel like he's playing at his best. Uh, November football for him was probably his best in the past what, two, three years. Um, and so what did y'all like about the fact that he's Dak's playing with so much confidence. Um, is there anyone that can stop this guy right now? 
I, I like the way that he was able to move within mm -hmm. the pocket because we mentioned earlier that he was under duress mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, to buy just enough time to get the pass off and continues to make good decisions and protect the ball. Yeah, I felt like he threw a lot of good balls yesterday, even some of the mm -hmm. ones. I think they had four drops. Yeah, yeah his percentage should have been a little bit higher. Yeah, he yeah. had four drops. Completion percentage. Yeah. He's just seeing the field very well. Um, one of the things that even even last year, sometimes teams would catch him, linebackers would catch him. And going up against Bobby Wagner and those guys, loved how he took advantage of the matchups as well. Because if he yes. saw Jamal Adams in coverage, yes. I'll allow that Jake Ferguson, he was like, hmm. mm -hmm. I know you're struggling and you're coming off an injury. I'm going to go at you. They went yeah. at Bobby Wagner in the passing game that time. And so for me, I, I just love that he's taking he's taking what the matchups are showing him. And also, too, he – I mean, obviously he's given the ball to CeeDee Lamb, but there are role players in this offense, too, mm -hmm. who matter. Yes. Because the, the um, pass to Kevontae Turpin on third down was huge inside the red zone. Yeah. Um, Jalen Tolbert, that where he scrambled. That, that, that was, that was great crazy. Play. That was such a great play. When he escapes the sack. Yes. Still looks downfield, and Jalen Tolbert is there. I, Gorgeous. It, I, I think, yes, absolutely. Gorgeous I think it's catch. important that. He still gets the role players involved in this. Mm -hmm. And I call them role players just because of how the game kind of trends, how things happen, and, you know, Brandon Cooks, you know, all this stuff. But I feel like those gentlemen are just as important, and he he, he kind of reminds you of that. Like, they, those big plays mm -hmm. that they're making in those tough situations, he's trying to keep them engaged, and yeah. that matters as oh, a leader. Sure. You don't want those guys checking out because they're not getting the ball or they're just blocking like crazy because that's yeah. what mm -hmm. Jalen Tolbert is blocking his tail off. Um, so and, I just, and, and Michael Gallup, too. And Michael Gallup had a really excellent block to steal on that one block. of the, yeah. uh, for the Pollard run. For the Pollard run to the outside, mm -hmm. absolutely. So I feel like... Uh, Obviously, you mentioned it, Nicole. He has a lot of control over this offense. You heard him audibling and doing some things at the mm -hmm. line of scrimmage as well. And the knock on him has always been, I don't know how he does against zone defense. And he's just been oh, rocking it yeah. this year. So just see the complete and total package of, yeah. like, if you're going to beat him, you're going to have to beat him straight up. And even so, he took sacks yesterday and mm -hmm. still was efficient. So it's, it's going to be tough on defenses to figure out because you really, right now, it's difficult to fool him. And I believe that's the, like, uptick because it, that's the uptick in his game because a lot of people are going to say, well, we don't know if we can go man-to-man -man with your receivers, with Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb on the outside, especially Ferg now. Some teams are probably going to try to play more zone. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he can beat it consistently yeah. and he's showing that, it opens up a whole nother realm for this offense. And I, I just think that his him playing at this level makes the whole playbook available. And that's that's when you're cooking with gas, when you're going into the playoffs, is there's no limitations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The dude is playing some great ball right now. So it's it's going to be fun. We're about to <laughs> – this is a fun part of the year, man. Like, starting with yesterday, we're finding out it, a lot yeah. about this team. Everything's yeah. been an appetizer to this point. It's mm. about to get lit. I am hungry. <laughs> greedy. I'm starving. I haven't eaten all day. I haven't greedy. either. I'm starving. How is that greedy if we have not eaten all day? All right, all day? who wants some M&Ms yeah. <laughs> from the training table? I'm just going to wash my hands and M&Ms. Y'all really eating the M&Ms. Yes. Oh, I'm hungry. Question. Snack break. <laughs> yeah, a little, little snack Thanks, break. Christy. Uh, you talked about role players, mm -hmm. um, Aisha. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't okay. know why I just did you that. You are fine. You about Friday. role players um, and Michael Gallup and a lot of those guys not taking plays off because they're not getting the ball. Mm -hmm. and Dak, obviously, with great um, ball distribution. But the guys that are playing those roles, 
how do you feel like they've accepted that or come to I guess more acceptance of that over the past couple of games. I don't know. I just, you got to. Well, yeah. that's yeah. That's uh, they're not going to be around if they don't. Yeah, so, yeah. you don't got a choice. It, but also to it, you, it's it goes to the character of the locker room yep. and 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 um, to this is a Jason Garrett phrase, but finding finding the right guys, right? Exactly. To, and so, um, but what Aisha was saying before about you know making sure you get it the way Dak is involving them in the offense you have to reward the players that do the dirty work say it yeah you yeah. got to mm-hmm. or they check out and, yeah well, and, you don't, well and, and, and maybe not always not, check not out. necessarily check out but just some some may eventually some may. over time but you know every every the players know and the coaches know mm-hmm. right fans media we, you know, unless you're really able to study film or if you're in a locker room, you, you know, they, they know who the key core guys yeah, are, absolutely. right? And so um, that's, that's what's fun about being on the sideline is to see the way the guys interact with each other. And so when the hard workers like that get the payoff, yeah. you see the way that coaches and players come up to them. Drawn blank. You know? Yeah. The previous <laughs> week. Yeah. So, and, it, and, that, and that was a splashy play, right? Yeah. I mean, that led every sports center and every sports highlight. But, but just some of the – it may not seem like a huge play, an eight-yarder or whatever, but, but the players know. It's also one of those for-the-greater-good scenarios yeah. where these guys know – uh, and, and it's so funny. It goes back to carpe omnia of seizing mm-hmm. everything. You seize everything in the moment you have to seize it. Yes. You don't necessarily chase it or, or you don't ask for it. You do it when your number is called. And so I think this team does a fantastic job of understanding how stacked the room is. And, and whether it be wide receivers or tight ends, they understand that. And they're not jealous or unhappy for their brother they genuinely are Mm -hmm. happy to see their brother next to them succeeding because they also know the greater goal that they're trying to work towards right now Mm -hmm. and it's not hey i i want to have this many receptions no it's greater than that it's we have a over three decade streak uh to break here by trying to win this team a championship i mean they will talk about it nonstop. every week you go in the locker room not I, I can't recall one week this year that not one player has not mentioned going to the Super Bowl. I, I mean, it's on a consistent basis. They Ew. are talking about it. Really? They're manifesting it. Oh, it's law of attraction. Manifesting it. That's fair. It's we we know we have to take this week serious because we want to keep playing in the postseason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have to have that mindset. I'd be worried if they didn't. Oh. I would be worried if they were like, eh, it's whatever. Yeah. There's, they're not lackadaisical, and they're happy for each other, and they're playing as a team. Yeah, there's urgency. There's urgency yeah. there, to your point. And those, the gentlemen that we're talking about, like the, the Turpins, the Tolberts, yeah. the Michael Gallops, the, the, the Rico Dowdles, listen, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be needed. And I, that was another thing, too, is like them not – because there's such things getting cold. Is when you're not getting the ball, the ball's not touching your hands and stuff like that. So, again, when you talk about Dak Prescott and the involvement of this offense. But you also, too, I think they saw in this game, it's, it's a track meet a bit. So, we got to get the playmaker the ball. Was CeeDee Lamb was targeted, what, 16 times? How many times was he targeted uh, yesterday? 17, 17. 17 times? Yeah, 12, yeah. 12, 12 receptions, receptions on 17 targets. So, that lets you know also, too, some games are going to be like that where it's like, huh. 
we have to get this guy the ball consistently and he was out there cooking so yeah there's there's again there's a lot of positives to take I, I felt like uh Tony Pollard I was just people that, yeah. people like again you can go mm-hmm. look at the 3.4 yards of carry yo he had some tough runs yesterday yeah, some tough runs yesterday you can see him I just feel like he's yeah it, it's clicking it's clicking for him but also too I do, do think it's contingent of this offensive line playing better football and those duo and combo blocks are really paying dividends for them and they're starting to open up some things they attack the edges so much later than what I would have maybe anticipated but I will say I get what they saw on film because last week uh, the 49ers had a lot of success running up the middle um, with Seattle. So I think Dallas saw yeah, they did, wanted to... Were they doing something differently against Dallas than they did against San Francisco? I, or could you tell? And again... Did, I, or didn't probably have enough to I gotta really watch, see. Watch, I got to watch mm-hmm. a little bit more. I have to watch... Mm-hmm. I have to rewatch a little bit more. But I will say, I was, I was surprised that they started bouncing to the edges towards the you know end of the game and not to start the game because to me that's where I, now I do think they might have respected how their DBs came up and tackled yeah. because that plays a lot yes. in they're your, very physical corners yeah, Witherspoon is so maybe fantastic. they didn't want our, they, maybe they didn't want our guys getting crammed on a lake of mm-hmm. but and so they decided to do it late um, but Really, Tony Pollard, we've been talking about him all year, and I feel like he's starting to hit his stride, and you're seeing him run with a lot of power, dipping his shoulder. What he did in pass pro, again, so impressive how he's just willing to sacrifice his body in that way, and I was just watching him. Um, I was watching him. He had, Dak had a play, I think, to CD um, in the flats, and he just had a fantastic block, like where he's, he's flat on the ground. <laughs> he kind of flipped. He's flat on the ground, yeah. and he just he'll do whatever he needs to do to protect his quarterback, and I, I thought that was was really dope to see from him. This offensive line is playing better football, too. They gave up some sacks. Uh, the, that pocket was collapsing quite a bit mm-hmm. to start that game. But they started figuring some things out yeah. later on. But I also but that one gentleman, though, Brooks. Brooks, Brooks going out kind of helped yeah, him out a bit that, because that Bebe. Seattle. Yeah, he was, he's, <laughs> he's a, played well. Yes, he's mm-hmm. a player. He's a player. And um, so, yeah, the, this offensive line did what they needed to do far better in the second half as you said Christy I felt like they played better football and they were able to run the ball effectively when and, and that's to. when Brooks was out because he got hurt uh, late in the second quarter and didn't return he so. was wrecking yeah. stuff mm-hmm. alright well the Dallas Cowboys with their ninth win of the season we're going to be talking about this defense coming up in the next break you're watching Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys will be right back At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like.
So I was trying to prove a point to Jazzy back there. Sean Polite is your 2023 Cowboys fan of the year, and now he needs your help. Vote for Sean to be given the ultimate title of NFL fan of the year, presented by Captain Morgan by casting your vote at NFL.com slash fan of the year. Go vote for our, go- our guy, Sean. Please and thanks. Please and thanks. I ain't got a transition. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. The Cowboys get <laughs> with a win over the uh, Seahawks. Jesus Christ. I was about to say the 49ers. Lord. Uh, getting the win over the Seahawks. Um, and this defense really struggled throughout the entire game. But held the, held the Seahawks. Um, shut them down the last three possessions. As far as this defense, um, we got to talk about Micah with that game-sealing pressure on Geno Smith. Uh how big was that? I mean, you were on the sideline. Oh, my gosh. Kind of that was just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, someone needed to rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. Jordan Lewis had done it earlier. We had mentioned about that. I yeah. think Demarcus Lawrence really showed yep. up, uh, particularly with big plays in the fourth quarter. But when they needed it, mm-hmm. Micah came through. Mm-hmm. And so um, some people would say it's a quiet game for him until that point just because he didn't pile up a lot of stats, but he was still affecting things, and that was just a heck of a play. I think the biggest thing with the defense yesterday was the uh, giving up the big plays, obviously, and Deron Bland, we talked about him earlier, getting toasted by Metcalf, but just the uh, inability to get off on uh, third downs. Uh, Allowing two-thirds of uh, third down conversions. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Seahawks just were able to sustain those drives. So that has to tighten up because you cannot allow um, those sustained drives. You have to do better on third down. Well, I'm glad the run defense is not going to be a topic of conversation (laughs) anymore. Yeah, Um, they they defended the run well. It was great. But it goes back to... What we said earlier in the week was there's two ways that the Seahawks offense could find success against the Cowboys defense. Test the run defense, which they tried to do, weren't successful at. Big, explosive explosive chunk plays down the field. (laughs) That was killer. But what I do like is the in-game adjustments. You usually hear, oh, halftime adjustments. Nope. What I We see time and time again, appreciate so much of Dan Quinn, is he doesn't wait until halftime. He's making those adjustments right then and there to make sure that you're not going into halftime getting beat. Because at at that point, you're not setting yourself up for success coming out of the half if you're waiting until then to start adjusting. Um, Marquise Bell Mm. played one heck of a game. He was flying all over the place, given everything he had. I mean, he was sideline to sideline throughout that game. Osa, I thought, had a pretty fantastic yeah, he game really as did. well. Um, big physical guy. And then Jonathan Hankins. What yeah. another set. Hank. Yeah. Big Hank. Big dog never little dog. So, Big Hank. Was that two and a half or three sacks now? That's three. In, in, in three, two weeks. Three. three sacks in two games. It might be he his found career his high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, babe. Just excited for him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, you're talking about a guy that – uh, I was just talking about this in the press box after he had that sack was <laughs> this is a guy I remember being on this podcast for and Aisha was giving the the sales speech to Jerry Jones oh, yeah. about <laughs> making sure he was signed again for this season because you saw what an impact he could have last year mm. and you're seeing a guy now that's just so fully confident in the scheme the guys around him and he's just such a mentor for guys like mozzie and really mm-hmm. that younger group so for me it's it's really cool to see how much he's 
grown and gotten better and I think that's something so special and under talked about when it comes to the Cowboys overall is they take these veteran players and they polish them up and they redefine how good they really can be you're seeing that with Hank yeah. you see that with Tank oh sorry to, to mess up the rhymes see it with Dak um <laughs> Just this, uh, the ability to continue to make players better as they get older is such a special and unique quality of this coaching staff. And, and I think Jonathan Hankins is a perfect example of that. Yeah, one of the big reasons why this secondary struggle, man, was because this defensive line, although they got a lot of pressure, uh, next-gen stats showed that they, uh, Geno Smith was pressured 54.5% of his dropbacks. Y'all, that's insane. <laughs> but it just speaks to, again, mm-hmm. number one, so how quickly they got the ball out, mm-hmm. and, and which is again an improvement by Geno, um, but then also too that this defensive line just didn't get home as much as what they would have wanted to, and I felt like that was the difference in the game because a lot of his throws were so last minute, mm-hmm. like on the money, and just he just made some crazy tough throws. They found a way to generate pressure towards the end of the game, but their lack of pressure, well, I can't even say pressure because they got pressure, but their lack of getting home was really the deciding factor in this game. I expected for it. The, uh, Abe Lucas, Abraham Lucas mm-hmm. coming back for them just seemed like it really stabilized this offensive yeah. line yeah, in a way but, that I didn't expect. Like, But but he was out of the game fairly he quick. He was, exactly. And, and then Jason Peters. And then Jason Peters came and in. So yeah. I Lucas, was, fin- Lucas finished the game because yes, Peters yeah. couldn't finish it. But, yeah, yeah. they got a boost for yeah, sure with it was his return. Just, absolutely. And I was just so um, – I just, it's so weird to me. I cannot put my finger on it. Why I look at these offensive lines, I study them very in depth. A lot of people do. And you'd be like, oh, there's a weakness there, there's a weakness there. And then they play the Cowboys, there's no holes, ain't nothing wrong with them. They fine. They hold it from cover. (laughs) Unscouted. And and to your point, yes, there were some unscouted looks. I'm sure there were some things we'll do. I'm going to go back and look today, but it just was like. They needed this win. They definitely, they made some serious adjustments on that offensive side in pass protection. Gino getting the ball out quickly and that was the difference to me why the secondary struggled the way that they did in this game is because they got the ball out quick they were efficient mm-hmm. and um I don't know they the Cowboys just weren't able to get home as much as they would have liked to I think that would have shaken up Gino a lot more was he sacked once did they said he got sacked Hank- once Hankins. 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 I mean, there were quarterback hits. There were six quarterback hits throughout the game. Three from Micah, one from Damone, one from Hank, and then one from Osa. But they only gave up one sack. But it was the team that allowed 13 in the last, what, three games? It's just... (laughs) But it also too circling back. They were back. playing like their play, like their playoff contention mattered. Exactly. Yeah, it did. It, it did. That last night's loss for the Seahawks puts them behind in playoff contention. Mm-hmm. And it's not good for them. Yeah. I, I do want to talk about this defensive line. For the love of muffins, <laughs> somebody, the offsides, the neutral oh, zone infraction. Man. Don't yeah. get me started. This is to a point to where I get your antsy, I get your eager. Mm-hmm. But when guys, and this is what I right learned. Right before the half. What I learned, especially with offsides, when guys start doing that stuff, they, it, it's it, to me, it shows just a little lack of confidence in being able mm. to go win. Mm. And, I, and I know that they're antsy and they're eager, but you can't do that. And as many times as it's happened, it, I mean, we're, there's offside calls almost every – and you're giving this team – you're giving teams free plays, which mm. the refs hate. 
Mm. But you're giving teams other opportunities to stay on the field. How many times did we see a penalty keep the Seahawks on the field? This defense, it wasn't even when you look at some of the mistakes they made, they could have overcome them if they didn't have the penalties in a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. So, again... I understand this crew was they was they was trying to make sure their wives and aunties and cousins seen them, <laughs> but at the same time, this defense has to be more disciplined in these moments because you have an offense that can go take the game. They can go do it, but they put themselves in a tough spot in the second half to have to overcome things. They gotta be smarter in these games. You need to know where you lining up. You too grown. Yeah. You're too grown. Yeah. You've been playing this game too long. You need to know where your line is. So I want to know if it's a discussion of them double, triple, quadruple checking where the line is. Because sometimes I understand yeah. that it is some communication stuff with the umpire and knowing where the ball's being lined up, whatever the case may be. But these neutral zone infractions, these jumping off sides and stuff, encroachment, mm-hmm. unacceptable from yeah. this defensive line. Absolutely. They and are these, too, these are veteran players. These are, yeah. Exactly. These are not rookies in a preseason yeah. game. Unacceptable. So it, it really is. And so uh, it'll be interesting because, uh, well, Dan Quinn is going to speak on Monday. I'm sorry, yeah. And so that'll be a question to ask about what what do you do i mean you can say it till you're blue in the face but what do you do do you sit them down I mean, what, you can't. what, what can you do? At that point, you can't. You, can't. you need to win. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Also, so, no what's punch is crazy. interesting is, I don't know how, I feel so disappointed in myself for not seeing this before the game and talking about this this week. Mm-hmm. Seattle and Dallas, the top two most penalized oh, teams yeah. 82, in the NFL. 82 penalties each coming reputation, in. Now, reputation. Now, but here's, here's 91 you. against Seattle total. They lead the league in uh, most amount of penalties. Yeah, and 90, 90 for the Cowboys. Yeah. But I think the issue is exactly what you're talking about, the pre-snap penalties. Because the DPIs yesterday, it was going on both sides. Some were a little questionable. It was going off both sides. So I'm not even upset about those. Both teams can complain. At that point... I'm not kidding. When I say I was in the press box, I was like, oh, there they go. Oh, there it goes again. (laughs) I I mean, it was predictable at that point, Mm -hmm. right? Because you knew the kind of game that was being called. It's the pre-snap penalties that it's it's hard to ignore because when you're talking about the next couple of weeks of games that this cha- that this team has to face specifically the eagles mm-hmm. you cannot lose because of self-inflicted wounds that you're doing to yourself so you asked earlier what what who can defeat dak prescott this doesn't have anything to do with Dak, but you know who can defeat the Dallas Cowboys at this point? It's themselves. And they did it with the pre-snap penalties. They've done it all season. I know you guys are sick of hearing me say it. But this dates back to even last season. We were talking about it. So something's got to give because they cannot allow deja vu to happen. The same mistakes allow them to go down to themselves. Yeah. Nine yeah. penalties for 127 yards, seven of them in just the first half alone. They, they got to clean that up. Yeah, I'm lo- really looking yeah. at, <laughs> yes, DQ, you got to you gotta get your guys in order, mm-hmm. man. Like, this is this is not, it's not okay. And when you talk about Philly just coming up, and I know we're maybe talking too far ahead, but you, the best thing with that team is to keep them behind the sticks. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Deep behind yep. the sticks. And if you're doing things like this, it's it's not okay. It's not all yeah. right. And me. and usually the line judge and down, down judge, those are the officials that are on either side of the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Generally, will warn the players. You know, and um, it, so there's no way that it should happen more than once in a game, oh right? My gosh. 
you know. Any yeah. silent count? With you said it was a lot of Seattle fans. Was it loud enough in there to where no. they would make? No, it wasn't no. loud no. enough, but it was noticeable it, that there were fans there. It wasn't any louder than any other home game, in my opinion, for traveling fans. Oh, I was just wondering, like if the, defense the thing was is, well, to time it. when, well, when the, the momentum shifted. So, so when the Cowboys yeah. defense, that's when it's really loud because mm. the home team, home crowd's trying to make it loud for the visitors mm. for, yeah. for Seattle. But that's why they they actually practice with the crowd yeah. noise when defense is out there the week going into the home games. To be fair, though, there were a couple offensive drives, though, and this is when I noticed how well the Seattle fans traveled because I could hear them. The offense is on the field, and I was like, why are you guys cheering? Shh. Like... (laughs) What's going on? And then I look around, and there's all this lime yeah. green standing up. Yeah. I was like, you, you oh, wow, they traveled You can't miss really it. It's well. like in a yeah. front to the retina. It's like they're, it, oh, it's just it's man, painful. Yeah. They call it action green. Oh, whatever That it was. lime green thing, whatever. Hmm. It's ugly. Know. And did no, anybody this, ask? This is a true scientific fact. I don't want to, like, go all NASA on everyone. Oh, here we go. But when you, like, when the astronauts are in outer space, like, say they in, they're in the International Space Station, and they look down on the Earth. Earth, there are only two man-made objects that can be seen <laughs> with the naked eye from space. So there's the Great Wall of China, okay, right? And yeah. you look down, they can see the Great Wall of China. And the second is that awful lime green outfit of the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. I am so it's awful. weak right now. It's she awful. Did not that. I did it's not awful. expect for you to say that at all. Awful. I was not expecting that. I'm a little shook. It's science. I'm sorry, folks. You, it's it's it, irrefutable. They are kind of bad. D- did anybody ask Brian Anger how he enjoyed his oh day off? God. Hey, I, I, so zero punts. No. Amazing. He was on the field for seven plays, all of them holding for field goals or PATs. And then Michael Dixon, who's a really good punter for Seattle, he was on the play. He was on the field for six plays as a holder for their uh, extra points. I know and who's going to be fresh for the Philly game. Well, <laughs> It's so funny because joining his mini by early. Well, before the game, I was talking with John Fossil, and he's so excited because it's like, man, this is both of these guys—they're such great punters. This is gonna be. This is gonna. No, I'm not. I was too. It's like this is gonna be uh, just a just a showcase for these punters. And then there was not a single punt. Hey, Cricket. <laughs> well, are the punts in the room with us? Nope, but they no, weren't there at AT&T Stadium last night either. You can get starting field position. You can get starting field position. You can get starting field position. All right, oh. ladies, that is a wrap for today on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred team partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see y'all on Monday. <laughs> what? This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!